With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Football Social Daily. Premier League Updates. Hello, welcome to Football Social Daily. This is your Premier League update for Tuesday. It's been a long bank holiday weekend, a very sunny one and packed full of football as well. The Premier League back in action, of course, over the weekend. Some rather unusual results, some great results for some clubs, some terrible ones for others. We'll be here to digest all the action. I'm Niall McCorn. Alongside me in the studio, we've got Steve McNaughton. Hello, Steve. Hi, Niall. And we've also got Marley Anderson. Hello, Hello mate. So then, let's get straight into it. Let's not beat around the bush here. Um... Tottenham against Newcastle United. I, in the Premier League... Marley's a Newcastle fan, he's loving it. Um, in the Premier League preview show, I said, Newcastle haven't got a chance. Yeah, I, I thought I And well. that was naive of me because we've been watching the Premier League now for however long, how many years, 15 years, whatever it's been. And you should know, going into a game, that that's a stupid thing to say. Mm. Given well, we a team, Given a team no chance, but people still continuously do it. Um, we also discussed on the review show subsequently, on the, on the day that the result happened... Um, whether it was just simply Spurs being poor or Newcastle putting in a good performance or was it an amalgamation of both things, I want to quickly focus on Tottenham Hotspur's form. Over the last 15 Premier League fixtures, um, of the 17 teams that have stayed in the Premier League, so that's not including Norwich, Sheffield United and Aston Villa that have just been promoted, the last 15 Premier League games amongst all teams, Watford are bottom of the table with 10 defeats, 4 wins and a draw, Brighton, a second bottom of that table with eight defeats, four draws and three wins on 13 points. And Tottenham, a third bottom of that form table of the last 15 Premier League games, just 15 points, four wins, three draws and eight defeats. Now, Pochettino really needs to be sitting up and taking notice of that because that for a club like Spurs is simply not good enough. I don't I don't think it's a happy ship at Spurs. I'm going to be honest. I think he the, the, the recent noise is that Pochettino's made in press conferences about you know, rejigging his job title and, and kind of how he's not in charge of transfers and everything like that. He doesn't seem that happy. And I think when I talk about matters on the pitch in Tottenham, uh, yeah, they're a good side. They're probably the third best side in the country. Yeah. But you're always confident of getting a result against Tottenham. You know, when you, when you go to Wembley or whether you, or the, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium or Anfield, I always feel... Soft underbelly sort yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. I don't really feel massively threatened by him. And 
that's the story of Tottenham. I think they'll they'll go through the season. They lost, I think, did they lose thirteen games last season? Or was it ten games last Something season? Like Something like that. Well, they had very few draws, they, didn't they? Yeah, they lost yeah. an sh- incredible amount of games considering the, you know the position they finished in as well. But I just don't see any match winners in that Tottenham team. Anyone who's going to really grab the game by a scruff of the neck and make something happen for them. They could have been there all day on Sunday, Marley, against Newcastle and not yeah. scored a goal. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like you say, they've got quality players like Kane, like Son, like Mora. But, I mean, are they going to be that sort of player that will change the game more often than not? We haven't seen t- it yet this yeah. season. I just don't think they turn up week in, week out. You know, there's other teams in the Premier League, Man City, lads, Liverpool lads, who are just going to turn up and they're going to cause havoc. Tottenham haven't got that. Uh, and even though they've bought, you know, uh, Lo Celso and they've signed Ndombele, uh, you know, it it's still, there's no signs there that anything's going to change soon for me. And, I, and it is a big worry because I think, like I said, I think he's not happy. I think it's a matter of time if, if things don't go well that he will say, actually, I've took them as far as I can, yeah. Champions League final. Um, <clears throat> someone else needs to have a go at it. But, mm. you know, new stadium, spent a lot of money. Trouble at the top, and like you say, the very few draws last season, Marley, they were actually pipped to third place by Chelsea in the end. Yeah, which I is think, crazy. I think Steve touched on it there. Like, you know, it's when they got they got so far. They had a great season last season, um, but then people started saying stuff like, "Luis was on about leaving. He's a club captain, one of the best goalies in the world when he's on his day." But he's done that, and Eriksson did that, and Pochettino even said, "If I win the Champions League, I'm I've pretty much done it. So what what else can I do?" Yeah. And it's just that thing of like they didn't win something, and then they've all thought, "Ah, well, we did well. What's next?" And it's like next is actually winning something. Yeah, go and go, and, go and do it. Mm-hmm. Like, but they've all just said, it's 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 not an elite club mentality. There, they're not they're not thinking we can be a, as good as Juventus or Real Madrid or or Man City or Liverpool being in that sort of top six teams in the world. They just seem to have. They've got the squad to do it, but have they, they got they the, don't have the belief. Punch, yeah, we're punching above our weight mentality. Yeah, is that yeah what I think mean? so. Yeah, yeah. Think about when Porto won the Champions League in two thousand and four. They went right, won it. Everyone go to a yeah. big European club now. Yeah. So everyone left. Mourinho left. Went to Chelsea. Carvalho went with him. Yeah, Carvalho, yeah. Deco, all these yeah. all these amazing players just went right. That's it. Let's go. Porto could have went on and been a force for years with that mm. team, mm. but every and it's similar with Spurs. Like they got to the Champions League final. And then Trippier leaves, and Ericsson says he wants to leave. Mm-hmm. Don't and know then, if Rose was going to stay, and all yeah, this. Ro- yeah, Rose. Yeah. I still firmly believe that Danny Rose doesn't want to be at Spurs. He hasn't. He hasn't for three years now. He keeps wanting to go back up north, and nobody yeah. wants to buy him. The yeah. problem Tottenham have got as well. The very real problem they've got is the Ericsson situation is hanging over them yeah. like a very heavy dark well, cloud. Well, the second of September is yeah. when the window closes. You know, and and uh, you know Pochettino and Klopp have been the most vocal, I think, about the transfer window and the utter madness of closing it so early in in this country. They need to resolve that because it, it is having an, an impact on the squad. By you know, it's very clear to see that. Okay, let's yeah. let's talk about the form though, which is what I wanted to know about. Fifteen games, fifteen points in the last fifteen Premier League games. That is all they've amassed, just fifteen points. Spurs' form in the league, actually, when you look at it, since January has not been all that. And no. that Champions League run did that mask some of their league troubles? Do you think? Yeah, definitely, because I think. For Tottenham to get to the Champions League final and, and you know win over in Ajax the way they did after being down after the first leg was, was was incredible. And they had some really good results along the way as well. But it certainly did mask for, for a woeful performance in the league really since January. And I don't know how, with the squad they've got, how, how they're going to fix that. But I think it'll get a few games on and questions might be, be asked. 
Of course, Tottenham lost 1-0 to Newcastle United, Marley's team. Congratulations, um, mate. Steve Thank Bruce, you. three points. Already amassing more points than Rafa Benitez in his first three or four games yeah. as uh, Newcastle manager last season. <laughs> yeah. But obviously, Tactical all, genius all, now, apparently. Yeah. Flatback nine. All joking aside, um, Newcastle United, obviously, mm-hmm. you can't say a team didn't deserve to win because you hold on for a victory. You, you do deserve the three points. It's as simple as that in football. But you did have to soak up a lot of pressure. Yep. Um, but you, you found a way through. That's just what you have to do in the Premier League. Yep. Mm. We, I think a lot of people won't, uh, won't realise, especially because Match of the Day did us, did us over in the, in the highlights, 17 passes for that goal. We won 1-0. Won, won, we passed it around 17 times. Just passed good it, finish as well, Passed it, it round, chipped it through. Shocking defending from De Vincent Sanchez to just yeah. let Joe Linton go. Um, Strong boy, Joe Linton, though, isn't he? Yeah, he was a beast. He was an absolute... He had De Vincent Sanchez, who is built like a heavyweight yeah, boxer, he is, yeah. on toast. He he just <laughs> pushed him round, pushed him, bullied him. It was like watching someone live of Andy Carroll's stature, you know? Well, that's you, Ferdinand. Yeah, it was a, oh, yeah, Ferdinand. Anyone you want, Ferdinand Shearer, just them bull- <laughs> bullying centre forwards, and Joe Linton was just brilliant. Mm. He had the touch; he he took the pressure off the defence brilliantly. Almiron was like a a wasp, just running round, like buzzing round. Like his energy was insane. He was played in a, a better position um, this week than he has been in the in the previous two because he's not really affected the game. But mm. you know, Joe Linton got the goal and. We defended brilliantly. We had we had structure. We we're never going to go to Spurs and take them on in a sort of end to end game because why the, why would you do that? Yeah. Um, you know, there's more more than one way to win a match, and we we stood in, we stuck in and said, right, break us down. You've got Ericsson on the bench. You're going to struggle there. Yeah. Potts we're going to we're going to leaving him on the bench and then turn into him when he needs him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to crazy. We're going to defend deep. And good good luck to you. Mm. And they couldn't do it. Um, mm. What does this mean for Steve Bruce in terms of does it give him a bit of respite? I know it's hard to to say a manager's on the brink of, of maybe being removed after a few games. I don't no. think it was that serious for Steve Bruce at Newcastle, but certainly there were the fans aren't happy with his appointment anyway. So when yeah. it when it started badly and you get beaten three one by Norwich in the fashion you did, mm-hmm. to then get the win against Spurs, what does that do A for Bruce and, and B for, for Newcastle fans confidence? It he did touch on it in his in his uh, post match press conference. He was saying, you know, it it was blown out of promote uh, blown out of proportion. And it absolutely was because, you know, we got beat uh, on the opening day, uh, by Arsenal, Good we sign. played it. Played alright. Hit the post. Yeah. We had a couple of chances. Could have got something on a, on another day, and then we got beat by Norwich. You know, Norwich put three past us. Then he put two past Chelsea. They scored past Liverpool. They put well. one past Liverpool. They played really well at Anfield, as Steve will know. Mm-hmm. And they're a bloody good team. They are and, good side. And it's it's the first month of the season when every promoted side is at least twice it. as dangerous as yeah. they will be in the previous in the next eight months. Yeah. So. We need. I, I. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't expect us to. Didn't expect us to get a point or three points at um, at Spurs, but we we needed it big time for the for the morale because it's a new team, it's a new system, it's a new manager. They all need that that confidence. That first three points, however you get it, whether it's a a dodgy penalty or one you know thunders in off Joe Linton's ass, it doesn't matter. Just mm. you just need to get off the. Get off the um, the duck. Yeah, yeah, just you know, yeah, break your break your sort of habit of not picking up points. And then now we've got we've got Watford next week, who are the only team below us in the in the league. Yeah, three um, defeats from three, three for yeah. Watford. And all of a sudden, it's something nice as well. All of a sudden, if Steve Bruce turns turns them over there, it's Javi Gracia getting sacked and not 
not talk of Steve Bruce getting sacked, which, by the way, he would never have got sacked so early because Mike Ashley doesn't do that. No. He doesn't care enough about the club well, to say, oh, it, he's a bit shit. You think back to Frank De Boer at Crystal Palace who was sacked after four defeats in a row, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, that was pretty pretty brutal at the time. It was brutal. Was that, was that Parrish? Uh, Steve Parrish might have been yeah, the chairman. And I think all sure. of a sudden he wanted to go from Sam Allardyce's was it Allardyce before him? Yeah, or it was Allardyce, no, Holloway, no, Pulis. They've had them all at Crystal yeah. Palace. Yeah. All the journeymen. They oh, all, had them all. They, wanted to, they were just hoofing it up the pitch for like three seasons and Frank DeBoer tried to make them play football and then he went, ah, this ain't working. <laughs> Get Off rid. you go, pal. Get rid. Well, you spoke about Javi Grazia there and just before we go to a quick break here on Football Social Daily, um, there are some Carabao Cup games. The second round of the League Cup takes place tonight and tomorrow night, Wednesday, that is. Um, some interesting ties taking place. Um, up and down the land. Um, let's focus on the game that Watford have. They're at home uh, on Tuesday evening, 7.45 kickoff against Coventry City of League One. Coventry have had their own troubles. They're currently playing their home games at St Andrews, which is Birmingham City's home ground. There's been a lot of sort of disparity behind the scenes at Coventry. Um, Watford, though, like you say, Grazia seems to be on thin ice. If they can't get a result with what looks like is going to be their reserve, Steve, against the League One side... Serious questions do need to be asked there. Massively, massively. Watford should have no problem at all. A or B team dispatching Coventry in that in that cup tie. And I think if they are on the receiving end of a penalty shootout loss or or, or whatever, I think it's probably going to be the nail in his coffin, to be fair. They spent a lot of money, Watford, this summer. I mean, forty million on deadline day for the... Uh, is it Senegalese international? I can't remember Ismail his name. Issa. Yeah. Ismail Issa, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so that brings a mountain of pressure and expectation. And he isn't delivering. At the minute, because if we look at that the league table like we looked at before for the last fifteen games, it doesn't lie. You know they are they are in a bad position, and they've got mm. some good players. Well, Decore is a good player. Um, he's had an awful start to the season. He's had an awful start. Yeah. I mean, especially the mistake he made at the weekend. A move to PSG yeah. was being touted about, isn't and it? I think in Everton went in for him as well, didn't he? At one point, uh, Everton, you know, well, yeah, money, it, the Mersey Millionaires. Adrissa Gay went to PSG, and I think they were lining him up as a replacement. And Watford didn't want to sell. But you know. I mean, it's the romance of the cup. Anything can happen, but I think Watford have got to take this very, very seriously. And he's got to kind of manage his squad so he can go. Actually, I need to be at my best for the next few games because he's got to start racking up some of these wins. Because, like I say, it could be next week. That guy could be gone next week. Yeah. These the, are the, these are the sort of games where you do get upsets as well. Yeah. I know. The and one be thing, conscious of that. The one thing about Watford is um, they've had a few coaches in in previous years. You know, they've gone through. Um, what was the Italian fella? Uh, I forget his name now. Uh, they've gone through a few. Oh, my, um, Maz- Maz- yeah, Walter Mazzari. Mazzari, yeah. yeah. So they've gone. They've gone through a few, and it's because their the way their club is run, they've got everything in place, and a head coach is literally just a head coach. So mm. they don't have to upheave everything. And they've said this in in uh, interviews with their board members. They he's just like a he's a pawn in the in the whole battle. Cog basically. in the wheel. Mm. Yeah, and they can just. It's he's it's easier at Watford to replace him because you've still got all the backroom staff. Yeah, they stay the same. So like they the new guy might bring in say two two like an assistant coach and a first team coach something like that. But everything else will stay the same. So the board will stay the same. They have to come in and work with them, and then it's just it's much easier at Watford to take someone out and put someone else in. Don't park an Elton John's car parking space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Javi Grazia's win record at Watford from the 21st of January 2018 to now, which is how long he's been manager, 64 games played, 24-1, 12 drawn, 28 lost, with a percentage of 37.5%. To put that into perspective, his uh, percentage at Malaga was 33.3% and his 
percentage at Rubin Kazan, the Russian club, was 38.2. So he's actually doing worse with Watford than he was with Rubin Kazan, which is easy to say because it is a Premier League side. But Watford, they went to the cup final last year. So, I mean, that again, we were speaking about Spurs run to the Champions League final, maybe taking an eye off their league form. You could say that about Watford, although they did get beat 6-0 by Manchester City, which is never going to do your confidence any good. No, no, that's that was shattering on such a big occasion to be absolutely demolished like that. Mm. would be soul-destroying. And I think, yeah, well, if, if that was kind of mid-season, I think that would have made a, a, a big impact on them. Mm. But that's the, you know, the season's finished, then they're going off for the summer to reflect and go on holding, starting a pre-season yeah. again in July. I think they could kind of exercise that, that demon quite quickly. I don't think mm. it would play on them, but... No excuses for the for the form, uh, you know, team selection, uh, mistakes that are being made on the pitch, and and it just doesn't bode well for them. And I think when we were making our predictions about who we think could potentially go down this season, they're sucked in already. Yeah. Watford, and for a team that have, have achieved um, top half finishes, um, I think it bit worrying for bit worrying for Watford. Okay, so they've got Coventry City at Vicarage Road on Tuesday evening in the Carabao Cup. Some of the other games for Premier League sides. Southampton travel to Fulham. That's also 7.45 on Tuesday. Brighton travel to Bristol Rovers. Adam Webster, their £20 million centre-half. Former Bristol City player is in line for his debut against the Gas, so that might be a bit of a hostile reception for old Webster there at the Memorial Stadium. Uh, Sheffield United are at home to Blackburn Rovers. Norwich City travel to Crawley Town. Uh, We've also got West Ham United away at Newport County, who love a little cup run will be yeah. at the FA Cup um, West Ham got a valuable win at the weekend they needed that even though again it was against a, a struggling Watford mm. yeah I think again they're a team that have spent you know a decent amount of money in the past got a top level coaching everything's there for West Ham to be successful I think um, but they've just got to turn it round on the pitch and get a bit of consistency because you know you expect West Ham to really be a top 10 yep. team I think I think mm-hmm. so as well Everton travel to Lincoln City Bournemouth at home to Forest Green Burnley host Sunderland and Newcastle and Leicester City uh, via out for a place in the third round of the Caramel Cup on Wednesday evening at 7.45. Right, time for a quick break now here on Football Social Daily. Afterwards, we'll be talking again about VAR, of course. Every single show, it seems like we're talking about VAR. Were the referees briefed this weekend to maybe keep their noses out of the action a little bit more? We'll talk about it after this. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Football Social Daily. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. This is your Premier League update. Niall here alongside me in the studio. We've got Steve McNaughton. We've got Marley Anderson. We've been talking uh, about Tottenham's poor start to the season. And in fact, their poor last 15 games in the Premier League, if you take last season into account, they are in the relegation zone, so to speak, of sides in terms of the form table. We've also glossed over quickly the Carabao Cup action, which has taken place midweek this week. Uh, And let's talk now about VAR, because I can think of three or four penalty decisions from the weekend that weren't given that you think VAR was there to solve. I'm talking David Silva getting stamped on the top of his foot in the Bournemouth versus Manchester City game. Philip Billing looked like he conceded that penalty. Um, Of course, Harry Kane. Spurs fans would have felt hard done by in that 1-0 loss to Newcastle United with Jamal Lascelles. Looked like he almost rugby tackled him from some Mm. angles. Never a penalty. Go on then. It was. Go on, Marley. Fight fight your corner. Go on. Let's have it. Fight your corner. He slipped. He was very clumsy. He slipped. He was going down, and Kane also was already going down. No, that's that, that's uh, delusion. For me, I don't think slipped counts as no. a reason to not give a foul. It's, think, it's, it might be an accident, I but it's still a foul. Lascelles was extremely clumsy. He's, he's took the man out. He's denied him a goal-scoring opportunity. 
I mean, even Alan Smith on, on commentary said that's a penalty. Do you remember in the Champions League, Man United against Real Madrid, was it? And Nani got red carded for the high foot that ended up in oh, someone's... Yeah. And everyone was like, oh, she can't be a red. He's got his eyes on the ball. Why does that make a difference where your eyes are? Mane his had studs these eyes are up on the by ball. his throat. It's a, it's a penalty. Uh, not penalty. It's a red card all yeah. day long. Well, Mane on Edison at, at the Etihad, he, he had his eye on the ball and he's ended up catching him and, and cutting him quite significantly. Yeah. He's gone straight red for it. Yeah. You know, you can't really have any complaints about it's it. A you know, red it's card. just it's it's, it's life. Dangerous. But I think um, I think Newcastle have got away with one there on on, on Sunday. Um, but they've got the results, so it's all good. Um, but I th- looking at it and the various angles, uh, I thought it's got to be given that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the David Silva one looked like a penalty Equally as well. Equally should ball. have been given. Um, so Jim Salverson, who also features here on Football Social Daily, he has a theory that there's been uh, sort of a, a referee debrief, uh, an official debrief before this weekend's action to try and maybe make the, the officials less involved in the decision-making this weekend. But it seems really strange that when you've got so much clear and ev- obvious evidence to give a penalty that it hasn't been given whereas we've seen a lot less given penalties for for VAR so I mean I don't understand how it's improving the game now it's not for me well it, it's conflicting for the start isn't it you know you tell them keeping the referees out the loop a little bit and tell them to kind of turn a blind eye to certain things because the eye in the sky has got it covered but um, you know the decisions were wrong at the weekend uh, I mean you could talk about the Jimenez one as well I mean that's probably the most debatable one I, I out the you know the three I'm aware of but I think um, they're both they're both penalties for me and I don't understand how, how you know various eyes can't see it um, no no discussion at all from from my point of view uh, the silver one absolutely and, and the Lascelles one like I say you know he, he got clumsy and, and could have been punished for it um, but what I will say is the one that I seen live in in the uh, the Tottenham Newcastle game. I thought they reviewed it and had it up on screen and went through the process quite quickly. Um, so I was quite pleased about that. It's, I think it's the vocal side of things as well. So in in a lot of other sports, rugby and cricket, where they use technology, you can hear what the referee has to say. You can hear the reasons why he's decided to give a decision or That'd reasons why he's not. So Mike Dean's not given the penalty. And I know it's hard with the amount of language we hear in football and it will be a, a massive change in the game. And I'm not saying mic referees up and link them to the broadcasters so we can hear what they have to say because sometimes I think proactive refereeing is important and you need to keep what's said on the pitch on the pitch. Yeah. You know. Um, but I just think if Mike Dean then gives the dis- reason why he's not given the penalty, it then makes it easier for the fans watching and in the ground to understand why the VAR didn't overturn the decision because they're obviously all in communication with each other, aren't they? The blokes in the truck and the referees in the middle. So they would have heard what Mike Dean had to say. They would have gone, Mike, what, what are your thoughts there? And he's gone, I'm not giving it because Mike Marley thinks he slipped or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an interesting argument to be had there. Yeah. Um, I just think like, I think where we're not seeing VAR get involved too much, I think it's because of the, the rule interpretation of the key phrase which is clear and obvious error. So clear and obvious error, for me, gives the VAR uh, a sort of inkling. Like, if it wasn't given on the pitch, it has to be 100% Stonewall. Like, but it I'd, was. Well, I, the one that's apparently Stonewall for me was the Martial one at the weekend when he got dragged down against didn't um, didn't against Palace. Fair. Martin Kelly just Well, they don't show drag, VAR stuff on the highlights nowadays. It's mental. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? What the Marshall one? That the, was, yeah, it was on that. It was on match of the day. Yeah, but if you watch your highlights, like on on your mobile phone or on YouTube or anything, they they don't ever include it. Mm. This is quite interesting, I well, think. But you know, either way, like I just think referees 
I think VAR have been maybe sort of reminded that it has to be clear and obvious because let's be honest, if everything was given in the box and everything, there'd be loads of penalties and everyone would kick off even more. So I think maybe they're being a bit lenient now until everyone gets used to it a little bit and then it's like they might up it towards the end of the season when everyone's like a bit more used to the rules a bit. But I don't know, it's just it's, it's just another thing with, with VAR, isn't it? It's hard to implicate all the time, every mm. game. It's mm. just, you know, you, they don't want to re-referee games and then give the man in the middle absolutely no confidence because then he's going to be like, oh, well, what's that? What, what am I doing here when there's three guys in a fucking butty van in bloody <laughs> Stockley Park, Getting whatever it is. Delivered, yeah. But, yeah. They, but they've been really Staffed, hard on the handballs, know. haven't they? Yeah. You know, like if you think of the Laporte one uh, for Man City against Tottenham, you're no messing about on that. It was like, nope. You know, yeah. no goal. Mm. And if you if you compare the David Silva getting stamped on or Martial getting dragged down to a bloody handball, what's more of a penalty? Somebody actually physically dragging someone down or someone standing there and getting the ball kicked at their arm. Mm. Sorry, but the contact is more of a penalty. Mm. So then I just think that it's that clear and obvious thing. They're just say, saying, yeah. like, oh, it, you know, it has to be a stumble. So maybe they have been told then. The thing to, is, though, as well, that. did you see the Lanzini one? No. For West Ham against Dakure when he put his leg in. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that was a penalty. I thought he da- I thought he went he, down too easily. He was running away from goal and he thought, ah, there's an easy way out here because he, he did leave a foot in. I don't think he even touched him. Well, it's almost like the um I don't, but the, the, the Pogba penalty for Manchester United the other yeah, day. Yeah, but he, he, took, he clipped him. He did clip him. Yeah. But, I mean, it's almost like Pogba jumped over his leg and, like, where do you go in that situation when you're an attacker running at full tilt? It's so hard to get yeah. out of the way. And then there's also, did you see the Daniel James one as well? Yeah, well, he's he, been booked twice for diving. He's been booked twice games. for diving. He, yeah, hasn't, yeah. he hasn't dived once. Yeah, Against but, Palace, he, the, I'm sorry, but a clear and obvious error. You can't VAR yellow he cards, got, though, can you? That's yeah, but thing. he got booked for it. Like, yeah. what if he went and got sent off for that? It would have been overturned, but that wouldn't have been nothing because the Man United could have been down to 10 men on the day, so... Is it more of an advantage, you know, rescinding a, a red card pro, uh, retrospectively or keeping the man on the pitch on the game? It's, he was unlucky on Saturday because that caught a lot of him around the knee, that didn't it? You know, I think it was just below the knee that it caught him in that game. And, yeah. and, and to be pulled up for simulation on that is unlucky. But You've seen I, it on the replay. His, his leg went behind him. He kicked him that sort of hard and yeah. there's no way he could stay up. I think it, I've not had the benefit of seeing a lot of footage on James in the championship with Swansea, so I don't know if there's a bit of a reputation there with that player. Well, that's what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said he's worried about that's Daniel thing. James getting there a reputation. There is no reputation, he's but now, now all of a sudden... There will be. He's been booked twice for diving, but really, when you look at it, referees should be looking at the decisions in previous weeks and saying, well, he hasn't dived. My colleague's got it wrong. Yeah, yeah. The problem so is the media run away with it, though, don't they? You know, your you, you BBCs, your <laughs> uh, Skies, they're just going to run away with it and there's going to be like people like Paul Merson having an opinion on it, isn't there? <laughs> Christ, kind of yeah. giving his fucking two P's worth. <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, so it, these reputations do build in players quite quickly. Yeah. Um, and once you've got them, it, it's very it's difficult to get It's like we had this the other day. So I did a diving quiz uh, last week on, on Football Social Daily and um, Jim Salveson was convinced that Ashley Young topped the diving charts. Didn't, yeah. didn't get booked once for diving last season. Didn't get booked once. Yeah, and Jim, Jim, seemed, though, Jim seemed to think that he was diving all the time and he had the record for the most dives last season. Didn't get booked once. So it's quite interesting. Who was top? Um, I can't remember. I think Spurs and uh, Arsenal both had four players each booked last for season simulation. for simulation, which wow. is by far the top yeah, that's, out yeah, of all the yeah. clubs. Um, so yeah, anyway, enough about VAR. Just before we wrap <laughs> things up here uh, for your yeah. Premier League update, how far ahead of the rest of the pack 
already on Manchester City and Liverpool again this season. Can we already tell how far ahead they are? Because Manchester United lost to Crystal Palace, admittedly very early doors. Spurs lost to Newcastle United. Arsenal lost quite comfortably to Liverpool in the end after an hour of decent defending. They then fell to bits. And then Chelsea managed to to ghost past Norwich 3-2 in the end. So in terms of contenders... I mean, are we still looking at Liverpool and Manchester City streets ahead of the others or is it still too early to tell? Uh, a bit of both, really. I'm going to sit on the fence on it because I think, you know, first 11 and second 11 of your Man City are streets ahead of, of everyone else. You know, when when kind of up that they're on song, I don't think anyone can, can get near them. And it was mm-hmm. that period in the second half in the Liverpool-Arsenal game on, on, on Saturday night where they were just scintillating. They were just superb. I mean, the goal that... Salah scored and sent, um, you know, David, David Luiz, Luiz back to the to, back to the Emirates. <laughs> sent him for uh, a hot dog. Was yeah, just you know superb. And I think um, it's going to take something special I, to to break them two up. I think. I mean, they're going to be neck and neck. I think for the season. I think it's it, the two the two teams that have probably got their best teams today. I think, mm. um, and it is a joy to watch them both play. Man City do it in in the way that they do. Very kind of energetic, you know, kind of high press, lots of kind of passing and kind of intricate stuff. And Liverpool... Heavy uh, metal football, Jurgen Klopp called yeah, it. Yeah, just... Um, so you, know, you get the thrashing front three and, and you get the sort of the chugging midfield, yeah. but, um, you know, every heavy metal song has a bit of a, a breakdown in the middle. Yeah, it does, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, but, is, that gonna, is there a danger of that happening? Liverpool haven't kept a clean sheet yet this season, Steve. I think they haven't. And I was annoyed on Saturday night when, when we conceded that because it looked to me like, like Jordan Henderson just, just well, kind of switched off it's for a second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is with Liverpool as well, that we've probably noticed we're playing a, a much higher defensive line at the minute because I think as a result of VAR... Um, and we're having a little bit of trouble adapting to it. Uh, we'll be all right across the season, but the way that I look at it, and I was talking to a friend of mine on Saturday night about this, when, you, when you're when a successful club like Liverpool and Man City, it's really difficult because every game has got something riding on it because, mm. you know, we, we're top after one game, and then you think, well, Man City going to beat West Ham 5-0 away. And it just starts again, and the whole thing is 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 exhausting because yeah. every single game matters. There's a Champions League draw on Thursday, Friday this week, something like that. Is it? Yeah. Um, so that starts again. So so you yeah. don't get any respite no, from anything. The season never ends, really. No. Pre-season is is not it's not about training and playing local teams in friendlies anymore. It's about going to Asia and competing against other Premier League yeah. teams. It's about going down under to Australia and New Zealand and competing against. Uh, you've other European heavyweights. Yeah. There's no, there's no real preseason. No, they don't get a break now, the lads. Anymore. And I think that's with, why with Allison, international football as well. Exactly, and I think that's why Allison picked that injury up in the in the Norwich game because he's kind of had a long season with Liverpool, played pretty much every game Liverpool have been involved in. I think- Probably and played fifty odd games last season, exactly. and then he went yeah. to the Copa America and won that yeah. with Brazil as well. So mm. kind went of went all the way in that. There's another eight, ten, eleven minutes in, he's taken a goal kick and his calf explodes. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it's just the word and turn on these players. And I know we talk about the money they earn and stuff like that, but um, the reality is, is that they're probably not built for that level of travel and the volume yeah. of games that that, mm. that they have to play. It's, it's, but, it's a law of averages. Something's bound to go eventually. Yeah. You're playing that many games to keep yourself fit for that long. It's, it's a difficult thing to do, isn't it? It is. And then you've got the commercial side of it. Like I say, I mean, we're, we're sponsored by a, um, a, an African bank, uh, Standard Charter, who pay you know, roughly around £40 million a season to be on the front of Liverpool shirts. And there's an obligation to them as well. You're going, uh, you know, we've got to kind of go and do, yeah, do, yeah. do you know, the stuff with them. And um, it, but to answer the question, I don't think you know anyone will come near Man City or mm. Liverpool this season. Two horse race for you as well, Marley, this year. Yeah, I think if you look at the 
the teams that are going to potentially challenge the top two. You look at Chelsea, they've struggled a little bit so far. Same with Arsenal, they didn't look anywhere near Liverpool, really, for, uh, was it, 85 minutes? Then, yeah. then this, they scored that sort Terrera of lucky goal scored, back, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you've got United, who've got, what, four points from, from three games, and beat, turned over at home by Crystal Palace. Mm. They haven't looked, you know, amazing. Um, and then you've got um, Spurs, who we've talked about, you know, so if... Mm. It's a bigger, it's a huge gap. If if any of them four aren't gonna catch City and Liverpool, it's even bigger to the likes of Leicester and Wolves and Everton, people yeah. like that. Like it's I, for me that it's another two horse race, and it'll be it'll be a hell of a thing to watch, like it was last yeah. season, because they're just gonna go toe to toe. It is, and it's interesting, you know, when you talk about Man United getting turned over by Palace. I got stuck in that traffic because unfortunately I was going past Old Trafford on Saturday <laughs> as letting out time, which was, so I had to, you know, they stop the traffic lights and everything. Yeah, and they're going mad on the streets, you know, that they've just been beat by Crystal Palace at <laughs> home. And it's like you have to understand where where your reality is versus your expectation. Sure. United are going to lose games this season because they're rebuilding. They're probably three, four seasons off, really, and a few more transfer I think windows. More. Potentially more. I mean, maybe I'm being a bit generous about it, but the reality is, is they are going to lose games like that this season. And, I think and they're they're nowhere near, nowhere near. I think it would take another five years minimum. Do you think they'll finish to top get, four? Yeah, no chance. No, no chance. Anyway, that's enough for today's Football Social Daily. That's been your Premier League update for Tuesday. Join us on tomorrow's show where we'll be discussing how our Premier League sides fared in the Carabao Cup action uh, over the last day or so. And don't forget to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode seven days a week. Uh, Every Saturday we'll have a Premier League preview show for you and every Sunday we'll be reviewing the weekend's action. So make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss those. Also, if you have an Amazon Alexa smart speaker, make sure you ask it to open Sports Social where you get a daily news update on all 20 Premier Premier League club so whoever you support you can keep in touch with the team you love that's it for today thank you very much Steve thank Thanks, you very mate. much Marley Cheers, thank you guys. and we'll speak to you tomorrow Football Social Daily get daily news and updates on your team via your Amazon Alexa just ask Alexa open sports social with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.